So really this is just um, mainly about the update to the guideline, and which was I think updated at the end of last year. Um, the, this is basically just going over like why we're focusing on maternal mental health, um, and we're focusing a lot um, in the community at the moment, and that's my new role is um, we're going to be working on some sort of specialised role to bridge the two together in the referee and the maternal team. Um, guideline, screening tools, triage and clinical assessment, um, referral options and how to refer, who to refer to, and then the community resources available. Um, so we had that discussion before, we know the stats at the moment, you know, the maternal suicides are biggest cause of, a single cause of death. Um, Maori women overrepresented, Pacific women do have higher rates of antenatal depression but lower access rates to maternal services and um, we know as well from, from other studies that's because they keep, culturally they keep it to themselves. Um, and yeah, we know that potential consequences of maternal mental illness leads to poor physical health, high-risk behaviours, obstetric complications, preterm labour, um, and then that leads to issues with development of baby and behavioural and emotional development, bonding issues, things like that. Um, failure to refer, refer promptly is, has a large impact, so we always say best before birth and the earliest referral possible. Um, has everyone seen that video? I know I spoke to you, um, you've seen that. Did you want to say it? No, no, not in this room with all of us here. Right. It's, okay. <laughs> it's up to you. I haven't actually seen that. Do you want it? Oh god. Oh. <laughs> I was sobbing on Saturday. Yeah, it, it's very, very eye-opening, but it's very realistic. Yeah, watching this. Yeah, let's watch it. It's it's um, it's County's Manaka woman to a T. couple of minutes long. It's only released I think on the 12th of March. Only the 12th? It's blown up, eh? Yeah. Black. We did two oh. Hmm? I saw it on the 13th. Oh, huh? My mum showed me. Oh. I saw it on the paper. I just didn't watch it. Mm. I think at the end as well where it's like, um, you know, what it says about Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Someone just pay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So just about funding. It's about funding in a way where you get equitable outcomes. Yeah, it's yes. Funding in a model that you know doesn't favour, but is easy to access for Parker is is yeah. not actually the way to go. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is as well, it's all very well to say, you know, those that are mild to moderate can go to their GPs. Oh, yeah. For Māori and Pacific women, they either have a walk-in clinic, they don't have a good relationship with their GP, yeah. um, or they just can't afford it, so they don't. Yeah, what's well, all this East Tamaki Healthcare, they don't have GPs. GPs. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason they cross the bridge. Yeah. yeah. And go to, yeah. yeah. they've got yeah, exactly. Across the yeah. road to somewhere where you can get a GP, it's like yeah. triple the price. I was just yeah. had $90 for a phone consult mm -hmm. as a GP. So I thought, well, oh, I was like, where was that? Oh, it's 90. But you know
sign up to a new GP and their first appointment's oh, yeah. oh, I've yeah. got a consult to get a script, like, yeah. oh. for 90 bucks. I'm not on oh. I've just upgraded my health insurance to have a GP visit. Mm. It's yeah. not much extra. And it makes such a difference. It will cover all scripts. Like 500, video, 300. Mm. Um, yeah, decided, because Tim, I haven't intentionally done a GP Mm. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and so to physio, like, mm. the next, oh, yeah, we, we get my money. Yeah. Mm. And you'd use it if you had health insurance, you'd actually go and just do I ordered a script the other day and it cost $30 to back through, and so I was like, oh, pick up, still $30. <laughs> <laughs> just getting them to put their signature on it. Yeah, but they still need to sit yeah. down and think about it and make sure it's appropriate and for sure their signature. But I feel like it should be funded. Medical <laughs> <part. laughs> Yeah, I'm not blaming. Yeah, I think that we should. I think the government puts a lot on pressure on just And I've been having so much funding for so many. So many things, and they have to cough it up out of their own. And yeah. a lot of funding is very targeted. So actually, yes. that's why Eastern Key Healthcare can be so cheap because yes. actually they get huge amounts of money from the government. Yes. My GP nurse is practice and there's only like two GPs left who are my senior. <laughs> who are your really senior? Awkward. Yeah, like everyone else oh. would be junior. Which is fine for simple stuff. But you know I've got a quite a senior GP. Yeah. Like I found like did a bit of research on my right. They went to not needing anything. Yeah. I was like, I just I want your GP. Yeah. yeah. And did you have a good consult? Because that's what I went. Mean. I want. Should just pop to up. Start yeah. 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 And it was cool. do it again. It was an amazing thing. And then I'm like, it's too loud. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Nine dollars for that. Hopefully, it's loaded. Yeah, I presume there's, why is there no sound? Is it on, do you want to get on your laptop? Although my laptop's still waking up. Oh, okay. Where should that sound on this? Well, what about my, what about, yeah, um, there's sound on that computer because I played it the other day. Which one? That one. Well, what about just doing the phone? Is it on YouTube? There we go. Yes, do YouTube. Oh, look, Caitlin's got it. Oh, cool.
It's real. Mm. It's so well done. <laughs> I guess I'm for that's my caseload. Like, um, so this is just snippets of. Oh, you guys know how to find guidelines. just you know this is people like that that you know they she was seen by maternal mental health the same day but not everyone gets that you have to be at that point you have to be, to be yeah to be seen. you have yeah. to either be suicidal or yeah. have attempted to or have a pre-existing condition yeah yeah it's really sad because um in Rotorua when I've just been mm. I've found that the, they had a huge maternal mental health service and oh, really? you could get them to see people, yeah. whoever, anyone with a mild history or reporting yeah. anything, they got accepted Amazing. and seen yeah. and they had a really motivated and obviously funded service. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is awesome, we're actually caring for yeah. these people. And then, yeah, coming back here, I forget, I'm trying to refer all these people and I realise that they're not going to. Christchurch has a really good team as well. So I've done post-grad in perinatal mental health and it was based on Otago 
and their team down there are amazing and they've got more resources in terms of inpatient than we do up here. Mm-hmm. I think their, their ones are 12 bed, whereas our one here, it's, um, you know, like MBU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's three beds, but one PDHB. So we've got one bed for, like, inpatient or as it's a respite, but that's peer support run. Yeah. And I think that's a five bed, so we still don't have... And then South Point had nothing, no services whatsoever. Hawke's Bay had one person, mm. but there's a whole Hawke's Bay. Yeah. So that's like literally just the bipolar woman who are at risk of post-natal psychosis, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And what about post-natal yeah. depression, yeah. all these yeah. other things that yeah. are so morbid, actually, mm. but yeah. yeah, GPs. And that sort of yeah. sit in the background, yeah. you know, brewing mm. away. Yes. Yeah. And then they come and put pressure on the services in other ways, you know, mm. like because they're not managing and they could, yeah. know, all the other flow and effects of that. And it's hard as midwives because we only see them up to six weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. unless they present like psychotic yeah. or really depressed, you know, there's a long time that it could take to present, like, yeah. like I said, brewing in the background and, um, yeah, it's, and maternal, See up to twelve months, but again, that's mm. for the most severe. Yeah. Mm. I feel really disempowered at the moment with family violence screening. Yeah. Because I screen all of these women, and they disclose all this horrendous family violence, and then, I mean, sometimes you refer to, I mean, you refer to social workers, and sometimes mm. the kids are involved, and so you refer to OT, you yeah. do all this stuff and then nothing happens, yeah. or actually their kids are, you know, they don't have kids or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. just this woman, you know, if it's a guy and a woman and she discloses all the stuff and actually declines to talk to anyone and then goes home back to him and yeah. is not ready, and, you know, you think maybe like smoking, it's a weak intervention to try and empower her, and if she hears it enough mm-hmm. time, then maybe at some point... You know, point it's something like 42 times, a eh, before people do something, mm-hmm. so you're old, it's one more. Yeah, it's always like what's really happened in the meantime. I've got a 20 year old mum who's got a three year old, two year old, one year old, and 25 weeks pregnant. And she's constantly back in the Her youngest was in his first with thorns from hot cup tea, and he smacked her while they were on the ward to the point that she passed out, black eye. Um, she did something to her shoulder. He ran off, she went down to ED. Is he in and jail? Mm-hmm. See, I had this woman the other day that this guy's been beating her up and she said she has a trespasser order against him. Yeah. And she says the police won't put him in jail. No. That's and the I don't get it. That's why they don't speak out because nothing happens. Nothing happens. How can a guy who's beating up his Pre- a pregnant woman not be in jail. Like and who's going to protect her in the trespass order? And yeah. the thing is, as well, it's not just him. So yeah. he's gang affiliated. So if he goes away, she still can't escape because yeah. she's got the whole gang that, you know. And I, I ask her every time, I said, What's going on? Do you feel safe? And she's like, no, Not really. He took her phone. So I got her a phone through Wins. And, and as far as I know, he doesn't know about it. But um, I'm like, What, you know, you can see when I go around there, all the kids huddled together and you can see that there are, yeah. they sort of hide behind her with anyone new and 
It's just really sad. I've got you know, there's holes throughout all the walls throughout the house. I've got nothing to sleep on. It's just, you know, makes me so grateful to go home. But it also, like you said, disempowers because you can't sort of pack them all up and take them home. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad. Um, you guys know how to find guidelines. <laughs> um, but. The update to this guideline really is um, screening. So it's got the Edinburgh and I think it recommends the DAS in there. It just doesn't have like examples. Um, and then referral process to primary care and secondary care. Um, so I know it's really blurry, but that in the guideline is antenatal screening and postnatal screening um, for whoever you're seeing. And it just obviously just tells you who to go to and um, Edinburgh scores and it does give you the numbers and everything there but I do have that on another slide. Um, are you familiar with Edinburgh? You familiar with that one? Yes, yeah. 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 Um, so they're the main ones we use. There are other ones that like, I'm a bit more aware of because of my studies but it's really and then maternal use other ones as well but it's really those two that we use in primary care so what does the guideline mean as the first line one edinburgh yeah um yeah there's there's no set time that it's recommended to be used but it's recommended antenatally um i think it should be used at least twice in pregnancy and then once postnatal, depending on who's seeing them. Um, but yeah, it's. Can that um, midwives film them? No. <laughs> we, no. I think we should just be doing it. Like, yep. I think everyone who yep. books should just. Just like family violence. Exactly. Yeah. And we should just normalise it. Yeah. yeah but the problem is, if it's what's in a screening test. You can only offer even a screening test if you have the appropriate system yeah. intervention. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we don't. if these women have these high level screens yeah. and you yeah. can't yeah. refer them, then actually you can't screen for a condition you can't yeah. manage. Yeah. Question 10 to Alison's Yeah. And that's Judy in a nutshell. Yeah. We'll just change the cutoff. Change the cutoff. Yeah, no one uses it. Um, I, to be honest, only use it if someone's got a mental health background. Yeah. Oh, it's because I'm telling you, they're not coping. I'm like, oh, do this. And the thing is, for you guys, you're seeing them in secondary care, so you know it's more so for those that are providing continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I don't do one at booking, but I'll do one maybe at the second or third visit. Um, once I've gotten to know them a bit better, and and I always say that I'll either do one in third trimester or postnatally around two weeks, because there's no use doing one on day three. Everyone's going to score positive on day three postnatal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be crying. Everyone will be, you know. Not enjoying the things that you don't no, enjoy. No. <laughs> Hormones are no crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In the books, they were printed out on the wall in the maternity room. Yeah. So it was really easy. There was another yeah. woman that you just give it to them and then they would go yeah. next door and do it and then you'd see another patient and then pop back and get it. Yeah. Like it was really well set up for that. Yeah. So my my main aim is to get all our community midwives into mm-hmm. routine screening. Um, chipping away. Well yeah, I mean it's the same thing, isn't it? 
can't change Alan's seat. You can, can chip away at it. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start with actually documenting properly would be great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the DAS one is for um, depression, anxiety and stress. And again, it's, doesn't, it's not diagnostic, it's, not, it's just to be a clinical assessment as well. Um, and they've got cut-off scores, normal, mild, moderate, severe, extremely severe, which again, you've got to have a good referral like process, otherwise it, I guess it is. Yeah. But, um, so that one. So the main thing I'm trying to get, um, trying to change for all of, you know, not just community midwives, but staff, um, staff on the ward, everyone that's seeing a woman is sort of triaging mainly through clinical portal. I will always use one as an example when I was working on Matty. I was looking after a woman who was day four postnatal with her third baby and she was about to discharge home and I went through clinical portal and she had previous psychosis with both kids and was inpatient at TLMI for about two months with her second. No idea, there was nothing in Baginet, like nothing. And it was just that I looked through the discharge letters and went, oh, okay. So made a referral and she was seen before she was discharged. So that's just, I've had a couple of things like that, that, you know, it's always a good idea to just kind of skin read through, um, which I'm sure you do anyway. Um, and then, like I said before, specifically with um, Pacific Islanders, is that they keep it within themselves, they keep it within their family because of their culture. And I can't remember the name of it, but there is actually a term used for being unwell in, um, I don't know if it's Samoan or but it's mentally unwell, it's actually a cultural thing, it's a spiritual thing, it's not mental health. So they're quite, you know, there's quite a stigma there. Um, and then again is not every social issue is mental health and vice versa. Social workers get a lot of referrals, but it's actually mental health that need to be seeing them and they have no social issues or, yeah. Or they get referred to mental health, but it's actually a social worker that needs to see them. Um, so that's just like what I said, if you have anyone with mental health history on Vaginet, um, check whether they're primary or secondary care, are they on any medication, um, any current concerns, any safety concerns, and if there are any clinical or discharge letters in clinical portal for previous presentations. Um, if they're under maternal mental health and you're either seeing them in the third trimester or postnatally, there should be a mental health birth plan, which is usually under scan documents. With global, that will actually come up in um, like a click on thing rather than trying to find it in scan documents it'll be a documentation type thing um, medications as well this is one thing I was big on when I was working on Matty um, is if they're an inpatient or even if they're self-medicating they need to be chartered um, and particularly with women who are on SSRIs and they're like prescribed tramadol and things like that, serotonin syndrome. Um, and updating the risk assessment on MCIS so everyone who's caring for them knows that they're on um, medication for mental health. 
Um, that's an example of the birth plan, it's just cut in half. Um, that is a template that maternal mental health use. So I mean you'll usually see things like single room and a couple of nights stay and, and all of the, the usual stuff, um, which I guess we try and accommodate. Uh, but there's still that sort of, I know there's some stuff on that here that they're like, oh yeah, single room and oh yeah, they're you know, nuts and things like that. But try to change that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the other thing, what you, coming back to what you're saying about um, some social issues not being mental health and vice versa, like if you're a mother who has food insecurity, so you don't know if your children are going to have food on the table yeah. next week, the vast majority of those women are going to be depressed. Yes. Yeah. And if you solve their social issues, yeah. I bet you their mood will somewhat improve. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a few women who I've discharged in the last year who need to see the social worker for like um, a meal. Mm-hmm. Like food package, food yeah. package before they go. Yeah. Yeah. So social stresses, you solve them, mm-hmm. which is not always that easy. You solve any mild, moderate mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, there is there is still a lot of staff that um, I know on maternity ward from working there that don't really give good care to mental health. Um, you're all familiar with that, Indigenous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to change with global. There's going to be a more in depth. Um, and I think it's going to be under its own tab. I haven't seen it yet, but um, we're meant to be getting global users are meant to, or whatever they're called, special users are meant to be getting, or super users, meant to be getting training in April. Like a tab, yeah. like where it's like pregnancy. Not the main tabs, yeah. but under like pregnancy care, I guess there might be. Okay, okay. Is it under yeah. booking? Where that tab is though? That's under um, like risk assessment and um, not risk assessment, like lifestyle update, where you do your smoking and your domestic violence and that. Um, these are just some examples that um, of women I'm caring for that what's been updated on the front page. So like under maternal mental health, reviewed on that date, currently on Lisa Telegram. So I'm trying to get that anyone who's caring for them to update this regularly. And once Global comes out, I'm going to be meeting with the maternal team to go through what we need from them in terms of Badgernet. Because at the moment they've got logins, but they don't document. And all their documentation goes on HCC, so we can't see. We don't know what they're doing unless the woman says, yeah, my medication's changed, or yeah, I saw them the other day. Not every mental health clinician writes a GP letter either. Some do, some don't. Some do at discharge and don't write any clinic letters whatsoever. So it's really hard to tell. Um, This other one is when I did their APDS scores and when they were seen by mental health. It's really helpful. It's also helpful when people read it, but <laughs> um, so referring is always best before birth if you can, if there is obviously evidence that there's an issue going on. Um, if they're struggling antenatally, you know, more than likely they're going to struggle postnatally. Um, obviously, primary GP for mild to moderate concerns, um, so yeah, depressed but functioning basically. Um, and anxious, anxiety, but still able to work and things like that. Um, 
There is, is funding for those visits? Yes. Yeah, no, there is a wellness program, which is um, a couple of slides in. So that's been set up within counties for GPs to provide like counselling and things like that. Um, and obviously secondary moderate to severe concerns or if there's history of like bipolar or schizophrenia. One of the things I found with this system though is with, because um, I had a lady in clinic the other day who was four weeks following a stillbirth. Yeah. And she um, disclosed some thoughts of self-harm. Yeah. Um, but I did it Edinburgh score and it was I was only 12 and she said, um, she's got lots of protective factors, but she, yeah. and she lived with family, and um, overall we decided it was okay. Yeah. Um, and she'd had a clinic appointment with her, her GP for a depot injection three yeah. days later. So I like gave her the crisis line, yeah. called her to mental health, said go to your GP, gave her all this information. But I had no like counselling services really to refer yeah. her to, which is what she wanted. And then I couldn't like. There's no way of contacting the GP to say she's coming to see you on Thursday. Yeah. For her mental health. Yeah. Like, can you've got you to trust that she's going to say something. Yeah. I tried to do a like. You, you can't like that. Can you? You can call the nurse and the yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. You can't in that sort of situation. Have yeah. I ended up doing an urgent letter, which yeah. was yeah. and so I would hope that it got to them because yeah. I had three days to get yeah. them. You can type on the There's like a letter option. Um, clinic letter and then it'll automatically go to the GP. So yeah. in the same cab where you do your um, GA2 oh, yes. and it gets option. emailed to them? Because yeah, I wasn't so sure whether these would just get printed and then... <laughs> and then you've got to make sure your GP checks for emails. Yeah, right? and do they check the results You just don't know. Yeah, yeah, it just feels like this disconnect. There's a gap, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is frustrating. And, and I just had to hope that... I'm guessing maternal wouldn't have seen her because she hasn't got a live baby. No, oh no, so they, and, and also because she overall was, she did disclose some thoughts, but yeah. we decided that she actually was probably safe. Yeah. Um, because she had the protective fit of her other child and she lived with family. Yeah. And um, yeah, she said she would never follow through with anything, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So I just, but you sort of leave being like, yeah. Um, I think yeah. you can call the GP. Yeah. It's and very cool GPs before, it's a total pain in the bum. It is a pain in the bum because you've got a rest of the clinic, going on I quite often get pushy at times and I just go, no, I'm not leaving a message, I actually need to talk to the GP now. Like, and yeah. It'll be a quick phone call, you can interrupt whoever GP yeah, see yeah, it. They, they interrupt us operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> yes. yeah, it's inconvenient. Big difference. Yes. Yeah. And Two even if you ways. say, this patient's coming in three days, please review and interrupt, yeah. then they can just be like, yep, 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 goodbye. But it is interesting because that took an hour and a half yeah. Yeah. to sort out mm-hmm. in the middle of gynecology. Mm-hmm. And Mm. Yeah, it's frustrating because it feels like it should be easy. Yeah, and you get no, <laughs> yeah. you get no feedback, so you yeah. just are left wondering. Hope yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Did she know about Sands counsellor? Um, not really, but I gave her. Um, there wasn't even a pamphlet I could give her really? with not a gynae clinic. Oh she yeah, had of course. Still with a twenty week still with so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was that one that you. You'd hope Debbie would have seen her. Oh. Yeah, Debbie, no, because she was... Was she 19? No, she, she was, was 19 and 6, kind of delivered just over 20. She ended up, she ended up delivering at 20, I think, yes. just after midnight. Yeah. And she ended up coming through gynecologic rather than having a full post-mortem practice type oh, service. And, yeah. yeah, it was really tough because she, she broke up with her partner in the four weeks following the loss yeah. of the baby because of all the stress. And yeah. She was just like a really good person who just needed yeah. some... was trying to cope... Yeah. She was only 21 or something, and she just needed some support. Yeah. 
and she wanted support, she was reaching out for support, and I just felt that there was nothing to yeah. give her except your website, mm. and mm. go see your GP, and here's a number for the crisis yeah. line. It's like, yeah, it was yeah. really frustrating. It's hard, eh? Mm. Yeah. Um, this is a referral criteria for maternal mental health. So obviously pregnant or postnatal, up to 12 months postnatal. Yeah. Um, but not with a stillbirth, right? But not with a stillbirth. No baby, no, no baby, no maternal. So that would be a community mental health team. Mm. Yeah. That would be nuts. Oh. Mm, mm. Yeah, I've had I've had a woman before that's been under maternal mental health, um, had a stillbirth, and they've seen her after baby, but they've seen her to basically say, "We'll hand you over to the community mental health team." So she gets a whole new set of clinicians. Um, they've got to be moderately to severely affected or severe mental illness and those ones can also be seen for a pre-pregnancy consult which um, don't often happen but I guess ones that have been under them before that want to get pregnant again will see them. I feel like they do get really well cared for those ones. Yeah. With really severe. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, and they have, you know, key clinicians, psychiatrists and a psychologist if they need it as well. Um, if they're already under a community mental health service, they will normally provide shared care. Um, so if they've got like a psychologist already, they'll stay with that one and they'll see maternal as well and they'll obviously liaise. Um, so all referrals now go through e-referral on clinical portal um, and they're a central triage team, so that's for all mental health. Um, Obviously, if it's urgent on the ward or wherever you are, it's um, Department of Psychological Medicine. Um, and you can always call the maternal mental health duty clinician during business hours for a phone consult. Um, and that's just the, I'm sure you've done that reference before, so. Um, I just put a couple of examples in here in terms of what ones would go through to maternal mental health or GP. This one's, you know, had to stop work, thoughts of wanting to end life, already on meds, um, family history. Um, so that's one maternal would take. Um, this one's a mixture of like social issues and doesn't have children in a care, um, has attempted suicide before, um, new partner also has mental illness, mother has mental illness, in emergency housing, drug use. So that would be maternal and social work. And then this one, um, struggled with postnatal last pregnancy, was on meds, discontinued, no safety concerns, able to function well as a nurse, mild anxiety, sleeping a lot, that would be a GP. Um, these are community resources, so I don't know if you guys know it's out there so there's um, pregnancy and parental services through CADS for substance abuse there's ACC for those that have had physical and sexual abuse ACC referral um, anyone can do those SHINE for domestic abuse um, there's Tūtaki Healthcare for wellness and social services in South Auckland um, Skylight is with grief and loss and relationship issues. 
family success is um, like it provides um, rounded care for health education and, and, and all of that. Well, Women is a peer support group in Franklin. Um, as far as I'm concerned, anyone in South Auckland can go to that. It's just they have to travel. Um, and then the wellness support program is reasonably new and it's primary support and counselling through GPs. Um, there's a huge list of other things like websites and all of that and the guideline. And so how do we make sure that they're in a wellness support program and not paying for a GP visit each time? Um, this is the one thing that I struggled to find even though I went through and there isn't even a phone number that I can find and be like does all GPs provide this? Um, I know when it first started there was a list of GPs, but now I think it's with any GP in South Auckland. Okay. Um, that's as far as I know. Um, they just need to ring, when they ring, say they're booking for a, um, the wellness support consultation. So that's usually a 30 minute consultation with the GP and or nurse. Um, medication, access to free counselling if that's a needed service. Um, and then the GPs obviously have access to the specialist mental health teams and things for addictions. Um, you know about ACC counselling? Yeah. So if a woman comes in post an assault yep. from a partner, yep. should we be filling out ACC forms? Yeah, she's got to accept that. Yeah, she's got to be accepting of it. So you fill out ACC form, um, that will obviously go through the ACC, she'll yeah. get the usual notification of it's been accepted, yeah. and then there is a list that they can provide of ACC accredited psychologists. So not every psychologist does ACC counselling. And I think it's a finite number as well, yeah. of, of, of sessions. Yeah. 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 So if we do a... If these women come in and have been assaulted by the partners mm -hmm. who are assaulted all the time, mm -hmm. we can be offering her to do an ACC form mm -hmm. and then she could get funded, 600 sessions or something. No, like through ACC, they can go for as long as they as need. Much as they like. Yeah, yeah, there's no number. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that I've been off, you know, talking to yeah. them about, so yeah. that's quite useful. Yeah, it's really good for yeah, sexual assault as well. Yeah. One thing they may be really yeah, like I always would have thought of it for them, but not because yeah. it's mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Because it's being managed by your partner, isn't it? Mm. I know, it seems strange, but at least it's, I guess, at least yeah, it's no, provided. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. Awesome. So, um, I didn't know that that well was. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Can you go next to the waiters as well? Um, 